0: We're going back today to the issue of fornication. Fornication is the first member that Paul tells the Colossians they ought to murder or mortify. Join us today as we continue looking at this idea of mortifying or putting to death fornication in our lives. And hopefully we'll find some help from the scriptures on how to do this as we struggle in our culture today. But first, we have a song selection that I hope you enjoy. After the song, please stay tuned for another message of God's sovereign grace from the Zion Primitive Baptist Church pulpit. I will call upon the. Lord. I will call upon the. Lord. And then notice verse 13, it says, meats for the belly and the belly for meats. Okay? Now, here's, here's an interesting little argument, I believe, that, he's, that the Corinthians were making. It's just natural to eat meat, right? And, and that's, what, that's what your stomach's there for, you know? It's there to eat. It's there to eat. It's, it's, you, it's just a natural, it's something natural that you engage in. And I believe these Corinthians were saying, look, fornication is just natural. The physical relationship between a man and a woman, the fleshly appetites, they're real. And most members of modern psychiatry today, in fact, most of modern psychiatry today is premised upon the belief that it's just natural for people to want to engage in fornication. And you know what I say to that? Absolutely. It's completely natural. (laughs) And therein lies the problem. It's natural. It's the natural man. It's the fleshly appetites, you see. But Paul says here, it meats for the belly and the belly for meats, but there's something greater than the natural appetites. Notice, but God shall destroy both it and them. See, he's making a connection here. He's about to say here in, in the latter part of this verse, he's fixing to talk about fornication. He said, okay, sure, it's natural to eat. It's natural to commit fornication, but God has something better. God has something greater. God's going to destroy the body. These old natural appetites aren't going to exist forever. He said the body is not for no fornication, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. You see that? You see that? He says there's something greater than the natural appetite. And he goes on to say, God hath both raised up the Lord and will also raise up us by his own power. Know ye not that your bodies are the members of Christ? That's what we read already. Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them members of a harlot? God forbid. Don't go out and do this. Don't go out. He says, know ye not that he which is joined to an harlot is one body for two, saith he shall be one flesh, but he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. There's something greater than the natural appetites, the fleshly appetites. And so boys will be boys, and you've got to sow your wild oats is really just hogwash. <laughs> it goes contrary to the Word of God, you see. And then he, you know, another thing that these Corinthians, I believe, were saying is, and, and you and I, we, we, we experience this now. Let me, let me just say this. I said this beginning in the last message. The message here on fornication is not a message of condemnation, but it's a message of exhortation, you see. Maybe it's happened in your life. Maybe you've engaged in that, but what Paul says is not, oh, well, I'm here to condemn you for that. He's saying going forward, you need to do something different, you see. And now here's, here's, my, here's the last point I want to make under this particular topic. Another thing that fornication, and the devil will tell you is, gosh, there's just no way. There's just no way that anybody could resist this temptation. Paul was well aware of how powerful the temptation of fornication can be. But you know, over just a few pages in the 10th chapter of 1 Corinthians, in the 13th verse, he he, he writes this, there hath no temptation taken you but such as is common to man. Now I know that generally when we speak of this verse, we're talking about the trials of life and it does apply to that, but it also applies to the temptations that we face. You say, preacher, if you just knew how powerful the temptation was, then you'd say, well, nobody can resist that. That's not what God says. God says, there hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that ye may be able to bear it. You see, every temptation that we face is common to everybody else. Now, listen, it may be different in its specifics, okay? You know... One of the things I absolutely cannot resist, and Sherry just doesn't even cook it for me anymore, is that lemon dessert that my mother makes. I I have seen the time when I could sit down at a big old pan of that, if I had it in front of me, just eat the whole thing, just about. I just, that is a, she's not interested in it. That doesn't tempt her. She's tempted by little Butterfinger candy bars, you know, but she also is a lot stronger against temptation to eat than I am, <laughs> is is evident. if you look at us, but but uh, but my point is this: is that there are temptations that are out there, but they're common to man. They're all. You can't say, "Oh no, there's just this is one I couldn't resist." Hey, think about this. Go back to Genesis 39 and read about a man named Joseph, a young man named Joseph, who was probably 17 or 18 or 19 years old, in the prime, in the vigor of life. And this woman who he was working for, Potiphar's wife, tempted him. She set her eyes upon him. She laid traps for him. She did everything that she could to get him into her bed. And you know what he did? He resisted at every turn. And ultimately, he fled out of her bedroom, leaving his cloak behind. He ran, you see, which brings us eventually to how we deal with fornication. We flee it. Because you see, another thing that fornication will do is it will damage your body. I don't want to spend a lot of time on that. But notice here in 1 Corinthians 6, where, we, where we've been reading. In verse 15, uh, in verse 18, it says, flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body, but he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. Now, there's the obvious things that fornication will lead to, the the, the diseases and the sicknesses that it can lead to. But go back to Proverbs chapters 5 and 6 sometime and read about all the things you may give up. You know, back over there it says in one place that you'll give your you'll give your fortune to another. You know, I've thought about that a lot. What is that? Well, I haven't read I haven't talked to anybody who's ever been divorced that said, boy, that was cheap. <laughs> that was easy. No, everybody that's ever been through that process knows how expensive it can be. You see, that's just one aspect of it. But there's other things. In one place it says, it says that men will forgive a thief if they catch him but they won't forgive somebody that's messing around with their wife. You see, you risk death. I dealt with situations when I was a prosecutor where death resulted from some domestic domestic problem like that. And ultimately, it will destroy your life. Now, in the time we have left, I want to spend just a little time talking about how we fight fornication. And we've already talked about it. It's a simple answer you cannot fight it you must flee it you must flee it remember what we said 1 corinthians chapter 6 and verse 18 flee fornication it's probably the quickest simplest shortest commandment in the scripture flee fornication fornication is not a sin that we're told to fight it's a sin we're told to flee And you know, we read 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 13 over there where it said that God is faithful to make a way of escape. The way of escape when it comes to fornication is to run. Remember Joseph, he ran, he fled. That young man who nobody could have expected an 18 or 19 year old young man to resist the temptations of this older woman. It would have been completely natural and understandable. And yet Joseph knew that to do this would be to sin against God. He said, I'd be doing Potiphar wrong but I'd be sinning against God. And he fled. So how do we flee? Well, first of all, we flee from it with our eyes. Job 31 and verse 1, Job says, I made a covenant with mine eyes. Why then should I think upon a maid? Now notice what he said. That should have said, why then should I look upon a maid, right? No, God got it right. (laughs) Job got it right because the covenant with his eyes was to keep things from coming into his mind that he would think upon. You see, the things we look at, the movies, the TV shows, the Internet, oh my goodness, when I was a young man, the only way that we got to see pictures that we shouldn't be looking at was to go to a store, to slip in and buy them, or to have somebody buy them, and you had to go to a lot of effort. Not anymore. I used to say with a click of the mouse button, but you don't even have to have a mouse button anymore. With, with the tip of your finger, you can touch the screen of your phone and call up all kinds of ungodly images. You see, the way to avoid this is to not ever go there in the first place. Because I can tell you, child of God, and I'm not talking about... Pornography here, I'm talking about images that I've seen in my job, terrible things that I saw when I was a prosecutor, when I'd go to the scene of a murder or someplace like that, those things are etched into my mind and I can't unsee them. The best way to, to, to avoid uh, some kind of pornography addiction or some kind of uh, 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 process that will lead you to uh, fornication is to avoid looking at things that will stir up the lust of the flesh. We must flee from it with our eyes. We also must flee from it with our attitudes. You remember back over in Romans chapter 1. Listen to this. This is, you know, and we're all guilty of this. Let me just tell you. We're all guilty. I, I stand here. I, some, of, some more than others. Some of us more than others. Some are, some are more diligent about this. But notice in chapter 1 of Romans, as he begins calling the role here, of the things that God's wrath is is revealed against, he gets down to verse, uh, let's just go to verse 26, just for lack of time. For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections. For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another, men with men working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves the recompense of their error, which was meat. Sounds kind of familiar with what's going on today, right? And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient, being filled with all unrighteousness, listen to the role here, of roll call of the things God hates. Being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful. And all that, you say, boy, those folks are bad, aren't they? Look at verse 32. Who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. Have pleasure in them that do them. In other words, we just excuse sin. We just wink at it. We just say, oh, well, you know, that's, that's just... You know, let me, let me tell you this, and, and this is a confession on my part, I guess, but, uh, but I think it gets the point across. When I was coming up, one of the worst movies, sets of movies that you could watch, according to my parents, were the James Bond movies. So they're just so full of fornication and sex and all that. So There's just terrible movies to watch. So I didn't get to watch them, Brother Mackey. Well, now, here a while back, you know, with streaming services and Netflix and all that stuff like that, back during COVID, I, you have access to a lot of those movies, okay? Now, I didn't do it because I was wanting to see what they were talking about, but I saw one of those James Bond movies with Sean Connery popped up from the 1960s, and I almost didn't watch it because, well, I'm going to see it. Let me tell you. That was one of the tamest movies I've ever seen. Now, I'm not justifying it. I'm telling you, for the day, it was not tame, okay? And that's my point about what I'm preaching about. We let those things numb us, and we say, oh, well, that's not so bad, and therefore it just kind of continues to numb us to where it's okay. But my point is this, is back in that day, that was a horrible movie, but you can turn on, you can just watch an advertisement today, and it's worse than that movie was. It's more explicit, you see. But you see, I had to be careful that I didn't say, oh, well, that's okay. It's okay. Child of God, it's not okay. We've got to flee from fornication with our attitudes. There, Don't dismiss the fornication that's out there, but just because, oh, well, that's not homosexual problems. That's heterosexual fornication, and that's okay. No, it's not okay. That's my point. None of it's okay. It's all wrong it's all against the word of God we have to flee from it with our attitudes and let me tell you this too we we may you may come upon a point in your life where you have to flee from it with your body if you have to now there's a couple of ways you can do that first of all you flee from it by not putting yourself in that position okay 1 Corinthians 7 and 1 says it's good for a man not to touch a woman. 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 22 says abstain from all appearance of evil. I've taught this to my children as they date. Proverbs 29 15, a child left to himself bringeth his mother to shame. You know, one of the things that our kids kind of fuss about and they kind of see it now is that we never let them go down in the basement by themselves. Or if they did, we made them leave the door open. But my point is, is that you know, I preached a message before on dating, and, and I try to do it about once a year. I hadn't done it lately, but maybe we'll come back to it. But these things are important. Flee from fornication by not putting yourself in the position that it might happen. Okay? Also, flee from it by not flirting. Okay? Let me just tell you something. I've heard this phrase all my life, and it is, it is a phrase that I hate because it's so contrary to the, the Word of God. Oh, that was just some innocent flirting. Oh, we were just engaging in maybe at the workplace, maybe somewhere else, you know, social. Oh, that was just some innocent flirting. Beloved, there is no such thing as innocent flirting. There is no such thing. Flirting leads to action. You see, if you're not careful, that's where you'll be. And then there may be a time when you literally have to get yourself up and flee. I'm just going to turn back over there and read it in Genesis chapter 39. Listen to what Joseph did. You know the story. How that Joseph... The master of his that he was working for that it says it says she laid a trap for him she was after him every day verse ten it says it came to pass as she spake to Joseph day by day that he hearkened not unto her to lie by her or to be with her and it came to pass about this time that Joseph went into the house to do his business and there was none of the men of the house there within and she caught him by his garment saying lie with me and he left his garment in her hand and fled and got him. Him out. I believe old Joseph was a southerner. He got him out. <laughs> he got him out. You see, he literally fled from fornication. And here's something else. This, we kind of bring this to a close. The most, one of the most important ways that we flee from fornication is to flee to the word. Flee to the word. You know, when you, when you get ready to f- run somewhere, you're running away from something, you need to have a destination as to where you're running to. I've shared this with you before. In the, I'm going to movies a lot today. In the movie, The Three Amigos, which was a comedy, there was a point where they all got together and decided they were, they were gonna do what was right and they got all fired up about it. They were, gonna go, they were gonna go defeat the enemy. They were gonna go attack the guy that was terrorizing the town. And they jumped up on their horses, shouting and hollering, and headed off into the desert, firing their guns in the air. And then as that scene closed, the scene opened back up, and they were leading their horses back towards the town. And one of them asked, how far did we get before we realized we didn't know where we were going? See, you need to know where you're going when you're fleeing. You need to have a destination when you flee. When you flee, flee to the word. Back over in Proverbs chapter seven, just quickly, I'll read that just for a moment here. In Proverbs chapter seven, it tells us that there's a purpose for the word of God. The word of God in verse one of chapter seven says, "My son." keep my words and lay up my commandments with thee keep my commandments and live in my law as the apple of thine eye bind them upon thy fingers write them upon the table of thine heart say unto wisdom thou art my sister call understanding thy kinswoman why that they may keep thee from the strange woman from the stranger which flattereth with her words if you'll flee to the word it'll keep you from the strange woman or the strange man and that's not talking about somebody weird That's just talking about the one who's foreign to you. If you're married, that's talking about any woman, not your wife, men, or any man, not your husband, women. If you're not married, it's talking about somebody that's going to lead you down the road to fornication. It's not talking about you shouldn't date. You certainly should date and and seek a spouse, uh, someone who's godly that will keep you in the church. And by the way, that's the next thing that I want to say. Another thing you need to do is flee to the church. Flee to the church. Because it's in the church that you'll hear the truth proclaimed, or you should. It's in the church that you'll find others of like mind that will help inspire you and embolden you and give you courage and encouragement to do what's right. When we started this last time, we went over to Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 4, which says, Marriage is honorable in all, and the bed undefiled but whoremongers and adulterers God will judge. Notice what this tells us. God isn't keeping you from the physical union between a man and a woman. He is keeping the physical union between a man and a woman for you. He's put that wall of marriage around it and the way you deal with it, prepare yourself ahead of time. Don't fill your mind with images of fornication. Stay in the Word of God. Decide beforehand what you will do. Avoid those situations. It is too late to make a decision to do right when you wake up with your head in Delilah's lap. Now, I realize I'm preaching to mostly people that are married here today. And praise God, you found that one. You've, 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 you're in that marriage relationship. But beloved, we need to spread the word among our children and among those others that this is something God has prepared for us within a certain bound, the bounds of marriage. And let me also leave you with this. Remember what we said last time? Every saint has a past and every sinner has a future. (laughs) Don't give up just because you may have faunted or violated this commandment in the past God will give us help to overcome those struggles that we've had in the past he will give us help through his word he will give us help through his spirit we can't just empty out we almost also must fill up stay in the word of God you may have had problems in this area If you have, bring it to him. He's the God of the second and the third and the fifth and the tenth and the 25th chance, you see. But we need to be focused upon our own lives and mortifying, murdering some things that are in there. In this world in which we live, it's tough. I can tell you, child of God, it's everywhere. The temptations are always out there. But we can, you know what Paul says in the book of Philippians? He says, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Even this temptation that is so rampant, we can avoid it. We can promote the sanctity of marriage. We can promote the righteousness that we find in the scripture. Doesn't matter what our past has been. This is not, you know, we didn't come here to be perfect people. We didn't come here as perfect people. I've said before, if you find a perfect church, don't join it. You'll mess it up. (laughs) Because we're not perfect. We're sinners. But we're saved by the grace of God. Paul was a murderer. But he became the greatest apostle that I read about in Scripture. Child of God, we can be the greatest servants of the Lord going forward that we've ever been. Flee fornication. Murder your members. Mortify fornication